Okay, today's reading comes from the New Testament, um, Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Encouragement to be faithful. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did, night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into the flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about the Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus our Saviour. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle and a teacher of this good news. This is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and the love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Here is the reading. Well, good morning, church. Isn't it wonderful to be together? How about we just start with a word of prayer? Let's just pray together. A gracious, loving God, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks that we can come and worship. We give you thanks that we can come here freely and hear what you have to, for us. May your Holy Spirit be upon us now that we may hear your word afresh and anew for our lives. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Excuse me for a moment. Today is our third week in our series of looking at uh, the letters to the apprentice, where we're looking at um, the 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Now, it's a quick look at the two books of Timothy, and I, I have to admit that we're not delving deep into the books and going, you know, chapter by, you know, verse by verse by verse. We're just taking a couple of snippets from it. But having done this, we, we, we see the journey between 
1 Timothy, the first letter to Timothy, and the second letter to Timothy. And as we transition to the second letter of, letter of Timothy, we, we actually see that this letter that Paul is writing to Timothy is probably the last letter that Paul writes before his death. This second letter to Timothy is, is very personal. It's a personal letter from Paul expressing some of his deepest feelings um, in that letter. And it's in this framework of this personal letter to Timothy that we have in front of us that I actually want to explore today with us the relationship between Paul and Timothy, between the older Paul and the younger Timothy. But before we look too far into that, we, we need to realise and have a little framework for us as we explore this. But I want to give you a little statement that rings very true, and it may be a little hard to hear. I'll put it on the screen for us. The Christian faith is always one generation away from extinction. Let me say that again. The Christian faith is always one generation from extinction. It is, it's a harsh statement. And when you think about it, it's also a reasonably accurate statement. See, if the Christian faith is not passed on to the next generation, then what happens? If it doesn't get passed on, the faith in Christ Jesus, to the upcoming generation, then the faith dies with us. We may be faithful and held it close to ourselves, but if we don't pass it on, it dies away. But we know our God is, is bigger than this. Our God is bigger than just... Uh, our ability to do, you know, passing on. Our God has plans that combat our apathy and at sharing our faith. But that does not mean that we are not challenged to share our faith in a deeper way. And the fact is there is no, there is no generation that is exempt from the call to fulfil God's great commission to go and spread the good news of Jesus Christ into all of the world and to serve God's purposes fully in their lives. It's, it's actually in our hands to make sure that the Christian faith doesn't fade away. The thing I love about Pitwater Uniting Church and coming here and being part of this is that you are investing in the next generation. In the children's program, the, the, you know, and we've just got a great children's program happening. In the youth ministry that's happening, in the young adult ministry, um, it's all investments in the next generation. The styles of service that you have is an investment in the next generation to come up. The, the renewing of the church through a property that you have is an investment in the future generations. Investing in the next generation is not just, not just this um, moment of mentoring and, and sharing, but it's also something deeper and more meaningful than that. And I'm going to explore with you today about championing the next generation, about encouraging and resourcing them, championing the next generation. Um, it's, a, it's also about, and this is a challenge for some of us, it's all about stepping aside when we're needed to, to let the next generation take leadership. But we need to be willing to invest in that generation to allow them to be leaders. Leaders are just not 
um, born and suddenly, you know, suddenly I'm a great leader. Leaders are invested in, they're, they're shaped, they're developed, they're organised. You know, I wouldn't be here as a minister out the front here preaching to you today if it wasn't for our youth minister back in the church that I became part of, which was Guy Miranda United Church, and when I was growing up, they encouraged me to take next steps, to push further. They supported me. They championed me, even when I was young and naive in most of my activities that I was doing within the church. They actually were the, was the person standing here preaching at the induction. So to have somebody in your life champion you means that you can step into a leadership role that you would never have dreamed of. So let's jump back into the Bible and let's look at um, 2, 2 Timothy, 2nd book of Timothy, chapter 1. Paul not only um, is mentoring Timothy, but you know, this whole of this second Timothy is a, is a whole notion of championing Timothy, of encouraging him and helping him in his leadership of the church. So, so I'm just going to put back up the reading for us, just from um, verses 5 to 8. And I just want us to hear this again afresh. I, I remember your genuine faith, for you shared the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Notice that... Um, there's a family of passing down, but it's only a short period of time. It's not, but it's passing through. And I know that the same faith continues strong in you. That is why I reminded you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God has given you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord and don't be ashamed of me either, even though I am in prison for him with the strength God gave you. Be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. So Paul here in this letter to Timothy is championing him. And let me explain what I mean by this. Paul, Paul is, yes, he's offering advice. Yes, he's encouraging Timothy but to, to remain strong in the faith. But... Overall, Paul is championing him, holding him up, allowing him to do the ministry. And we see this when we, when we have a look at how long Paul and Timothy had actually been working together. So we have this letter, the second letter to Timothy, at the end of their relationship. At, at, at the time just prior to Paul's, Paul's death. They had been working together, they had, for many, many years. They'd been working together for many years. It's just not a, a moment in time, and we think that this is a young, young person. Timothy's probably in his late 30s. And interestingly, you know, until you're up to the age of, of, of 40, you were actually considered a youth. How many, how many people here under, under 40? And you go, yoo-hoo, I'm still young! Yay. It's one of those things that's actually got to do with conscription into the military service. That, you know, you're still a youth and being able to be part of the military service in that, so let's, let's leave that aside. But 
I, I want to explain a concept for you. And it comes out of um, building a discipling culture, but um, as a concept about leadership and about helping um, somebody develop in themselves as a leader and, and encourage them in, in moving. And so it's about helping that next generation of leaders, of Christian strong men and women in their Christian faith and helping them step up. And it doesn't have to be young people, it can be of any age. But there, there are four distinct steps, and I'm just going to quickly des describe them. There are going to be four words on the, on the screen for you. So the first one is catalyst, then coach, then, then challenger, and then champion. And Paul here in these letters is being a champion to Timothy. He's championing Timothy. But let me go back to understand the catalyst. See, a catalyst, somebody who is helping somebody and being a catalyst is somebody that is actually sharing and teaching and saying, this is, this is leadership, this is, this is the faith, this is what this is about. And, and it's really just a teaching, it's information. You're catalyzing that person that they could actually take hold and do something. You could be a catalyst in their life. So you challenge them to get to that point, being that catalyst. And then once they've gone, oh, maybe, maybe this is for me, you then actually draw them alongside and then you coach them. You become their coach. You, they come alongside of you and they walk along with you. They're part of what you're doing. You're showing them the things. You're teaching them how to be a leader, how to be a Christian. Um, and, and this is not just even just leadership. This is actually just about passing on faith and showing people how to live a Christian life. And so you're just coaching the person along. Um, and, and finally, you move around, you get to a point where you're actually the challenger, where you're pushing them to take on ministry themselves, to take on leadership, to go and have faith themselves. You're actually pushing, you're challenging them. You're not just showing, you're not telling them, you're not just showing them and letting them come along. So you are challenging them, you're giving tasks for them to go and do. And finally, once they've gone through all of those steps, you actually release them out into ministry. You release them out into leadership. You release them into their own faith. And you champion them. You, you, you stand back and you let them do. You let them run and go with it. But you are there supporting. You are there cheering and encouraging and supporting. You are not just holding on. You've got to let them run. And so this has been, you know, this is really helpful. And this is actually the pattern that Paul uses to disciple people. This is the pattern that we, if we look in the New Testament, that helps us understand how we develop leaders. And this is what Paul has been doing with Timothy through the whole time he's met and worked with him and had that relationship with him, which I'll just go and explain a little bit more in depth. You know, in, in, in Acts chapter 16, we actually see um, Paul on his second ministry journey. He goes through the city once, and then he's coming back again to go through the same city, Lysteria, where he, he meets Timothy and, and his grandmother and his mother. And it's in that first time that Paul goes through that they, they come to faith. The grandmother hears, his mother hears, and they come to faith, and then they bring Timothy to faith in that space. So Acts chapter 16, verses 1 to 5, and let me just share this with you. And then this is, this is Paul's second ministry journey. 
Paul went first to Derby and then on to Listeria, where, where there was a young disciple named, who was it? It was Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystera and Iconium. And so Paul wanted him to join him on their journey. So Paul's actually inviting him to come alongside and journey with him. In deference to the, the Jews of the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left. That's a high step for leadership, isn't it? But um, um, For everyone knew that his father was a Greek. And then they went from town to town. So, so he, he's this new young believer... Just new to faith, coming. He's, he's brought them on the side. He's in this coaching relationship. He's talking and teaching and showing him he's going from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem so the church were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. So we can see that even in this time, Paul actually spends a considerable amount of time together with Timothy as they move from place to place, helping and supporting the churches, preaching the good news, helping people come to faith. See, Paul here is helping Timothy grow and be discipled and become a leader. He's, he's coaching them and he's also championing them. You know, Timothy is actually listed alongside of Paul's names in, in 2 Corinthians and Philippians, Colossians 1 and 2 Thessalonians and, and 1 and 2 Timothy, of course. You know, Timothy worked alongside so Paul for, for this considerable amount of time. And when, when Paul first met Timothy, Timothy was most likely just a teenager through the first ministry journey. And when Pearl returned, returned on his second ministry journey, he invites Timothy to come along with him. Timothy helped Paul to establish the churches at Philippi, Thessalonica and uh, Berea. Timothy was a trustworthy, trustworthy friend of Paul. He was so trusted that Paul would then send him on tasks. So he'd send him on tasks. He, he carried the money that was collected for the Philippian church um, to care for the needs of Paul. Um, in Corinth. Um, during the three years, Paul was actually in Ephesus teaching them about the amazing power of God. And Timothy was also there alongside of him. When Paul was in prison in Rome, you know, for two years, Timothy actually was right alongside of him as well, um, caring for Paul and his needs. Now, Timothy has grown up by that. He's no longer that teenager. He's now he's moving into his 30s. He spent years with Paul, going on missionary, missionary journeys, journeying with him, caring for him and supporting him, all of those things. Paul not only thought of Timothy as a faithful friend, but as of a spiritual son, somebody that he invested deeply into. See, Paul left Timothy at the church in Ephesus as he went, Paul further went on missionary journeys. He actually challenged them and established him to go and do ministry, to be the church leader. In fact, you know, Timothy is actually the bishop of Ephesus. You know, he, he had the authority to order the life of the, of the witness, the worship, everything of the church. And, and Timothy is actually, you know, he's, he's been entrusted to look after this church in an especially difficult and fractious time. 
which is the reason why Paul wrote that first letter to Timothy to help and encourage him and support him in that fractious time. See, Paul there has spent time, he's, he's, he's had that catalytic relationship saying, yes, you've got a possibility of being an amazing church leader. And he's drawn them alongside and gone through this coaching process with him as he's watched and seen what Paul has done and and been able to talk and ask questions and and wondered why he would do certain things and what would happen in this place. And so that coaching relates and then he's challenged him to go and take on ministry responsibilities. And now he's, he's being the leader of the church and Paul is championing him and saying, you are amazing, you are a good and faithful servant, but carry on, don't forget. The champion is not just to sit back and cheer, the champion is to sometimes go, you're missing a section. Maybe you might want to think here, maybe you might want to do something there. So this is what Paul is doing with Timothy. Throughout Second Timothy, Paul is championing and going, you are doing amazing. I want to encourage you, I want to support you, I want to keep you going. I want to shout and cheer for you. But I also want you to realise there's a few things that you need to just step up and do. For me, having somebody champion you and go, you're doing well, Simon. You're doing amazing, but, you know, at times... You just miss this little section. That's so encouraging because it means that that person that is championing me has actually wants the best for me. And you're willing to grow into it. It's amazing what that can do. How special it is to see the potential in somebody, invest in them, so that they will pass on the faith. Let me just share with you from 2 Timothy, verse 1, verse 13 to 14. And it says this. This is Paul championing Timothy, encouraging him to remain true in the faith in Jesus as he's leading the church in Ephesus. And it says, hold on to the patterns of wholesome teaching you learned from me. A pattern shaped by the faith and love you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Let me champion each and every one of you today here. Hold on. To the pattern of wholesome teaching that you have learned from being a part of Pitwood Uniting Church, through the teaching and ministry that has happened over the years, through the people that have invested in your life, that have brought you to this point, that have shaped your faith. May you always have that faith in Christ. May you always have that love that is in Jesus Christ in you. May the power of the Holy Spirit live in you and may you carefully guard that precious truth that you are saved that you are precious in God's eyes that you have so much more to give than just being here that you can share the good news of Christ with the next generation 
That might be your kids, that might be the grandkids. That might be a friend. That might be somebody that you meet today. You might see the potential in them and you invest in them so that they too will pass on the faith. You know, our Christian faith is only one generation away from extinction. If we hold that, just our faith to ourselves, and we don't share it, we don't invest, we don't let it go and let the next generation, then what's going to happen? It's going to die and we don't want our faith to die. We don't want the church to die. We want it to thrive and grow. And so we want to pass on. We're going to champion people to go and spread the good news in Jesus Christ. So let's just pray together, church. Let's just pray for our next generation. Let's pray for our current generation. Let's pray for those people who are going to rise up and become leaders. Let's pray for those people who are willing to get alongside and coach and help and challenge and those who are willing to go and tell of the good news. So let's just pray, church. Oh, gracious God, we, we see through the Bible how, how Paul ministered and how Timothy was brought alongside and was shown how to minister. We see how Paul champions this young Timothy and spends time with him and invests. Lord, today we ask that you help us to spend time with the next generation, with the one that is coming up, to invest in them, to help them to see their potential, to see their willingness to share the good news in ways that we've never thought of. Lord, help us as the current generation of believers. Help us as those people who are in charge of the church to realise that this should never stop with us. That it is always your church and you are always raising up new men and women to spread the good news. Lord, help us to see and have eyes that can see those people you are choosing. And Lord, help us to be a champion. Somebody willing to shout praises, somebody who is willing to give encouragement, somebody who is willing to offer sage advice. And Lord, challenge us. If we're not championing somebody in the faith, then challenge us. Challenge us so that we may find somebody that we can come alongside of and support them and encourage them. Lord God, you challenge us so much through your word. Lord, we ask that you continue. Continue to encourage, continue to draw us close, continue to show us the truth that is only found in Jesus Christ our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Amen indeed. As we come into the moment of coming into worship, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you as people of faith. 
that never let go. Never let go of your faith. Never let go of the love that you have of God. And let it show to the world around us. So as we come and worship in the next song, let us sing praises to our God. Let us worship God. Let us lift God's name on high. Let us praise Him. Amen.